It's just about that time. Hey, everybody, it's Andre Duncan, and this is Let's Talk It Out. I'm here with the great Rebecca Aguilar. Wow, I'm great now. Yes, I'm his co-host, but he's my co-producer, executive producer. I promoted him not long ago. Thanks for joining us on Let's Talk It Out, where we talk about everything that's going on, not only in Dallas, Texas, but around the country, around the world, because fortunately, Andre, because of the web, my brother can hear me in South Dakota, my sister can hear me in California, my mother can hear me near Toledo, Ohio. I'm sure my, my relatives in Mexico can hear me, but you know their first language is Spanish, unless I talk in Espanol. It's a whole different thing. So that's the beauty of Let's Talk It Out. And you know what? Do you know what today is, right? Tell us. No. What did I tell you it was? It's National Latina Equal Pay Day. Equal Pay Day. So here's the thing. Obviously, everybody knows I'm a Latina. Equal Pay Day is, here's the deal. Latina workers have to work nearly 11 months in 2019 to be paid the same as the white non-Hispanic man in 2018. So basically, in the world of pay, Latinas make less money than anyone else in this country, including African-American women, Asian women, any women of color, we make the least. I think maybe 50 cents to the dollar, which is horrible. I mean, how can that happen in 2019? What's going on with that? So I'm on a panel later today in Dallas to talk about it with a bunch of other Latinas because... The only people that are going to fight for our equal pay day is Latinas and hopefully Latinos and hopefully open-minded white males who think, you know, it's time to get paid their fair share. I mean, you know, as a male, what what are your thoughts on that, Andre? <laughs> I, I don't, because my mother especially was a single mother and she had three kids and I wouldn't, I guess... You don't really, as a male, don't really realize the problems until they're brought to you. Or, and you don't realize how misogynistically patriarchic this world can be. And I wouldn't want someone to look at my mother and be like, well, you're worth less than what you are. Because that's just been systematic issues we've been having since the beginning of this founding. So Yeah. And I think what happens is many Latinas let it happen. We've been programmed, especially past generations, to keep our mouth shut, just be happy to have a job. Well, I think the beauty about millennials today um, is that they speak up. They're not afraid to go into the boss's office and say, hey, you know what? How come you're overseeing me? You know, you're, you're passing me over for a job. When, he, when this guy, maybe the white guy, maybe any guy, just came in two weeks ago and I've been here two years. So I think especially Latinas out there or women of color, you need to use your voice. I think that God gave you a voice for a reason. Use it. Don't be afraid to speak up because if you don't fight for your equal pay, then who else is going to do it? I've always fought for my equal pay. Always. I make it known. And yeah, sometimes I think I jeopardize my job. Yeah. You know, did it get me fired ever? No. But sometimes you just have to speak up because, you know, as they put it, it uh, many of my African-American friends always say, do you really want to sit in the back of the bus or do you want to sit in the front? I like the front seat. Would you fight for equal pay if you knew somebody, let's say, since you are African-American and the white male next to you is making more money, doing less, been there less time, would you fight for it or just keep your mouth shut? My, my dad always told me, and this was at a young age, you're going to have to do twice the recognition for ha uh, twice the hard work for half the recognition. 
And as I get older, I start to see it a little bit. But the best thing about millennials is that we don't we're not going to compromise our happiness and our sanity for a corporate position. And that's so true. You know, that's that's the truth. Many studies have been done on millennials. And yes, you guys have a bad reputation of being, um, you know, it's all about you. And, you know, I, I, I need to be promoted quickly and you guys get bored quickly. And, you know, one day you're here and the next day you're like gone. Yeah. But what I see with millennials, again, I have a millennial son, is that there is no more being loyal to one job for 30 years. If you're not getting what you want, you move on. Where my generation has, you know, I mean, I know people that are my age that have been at their job 30, you know, 20 years, and they still haven't been appreciated for what they bring to the table. Now hiring signs are everywhere. Yeah. I'll go I'll go down the street. I mean, did you know there's even panels today or workshops on how to keep and retain a millennial? I mean, that's how hard it is to keep a millennial because your generation is more like, uh-uh, I'm not taking this. Bye-bye. I'm leaving. Well, because and then I don't know if this is something that's just something new or of a thought process, but y'all will find a reason to get rid of me for before I find a reason to quit in a hurry. So... Just just when it's actually done to you, just don't be looking shocked because y'all will fire me way before I even think about quitting. <laughs> so That is so true. They'll bring up the evaluation that, yeah, yeah, definitely. So, again, it's Latina Equal Pay Day. Latinas continue voicing your, your concern, your, uh, well, just use your voice. And I also include all women of color. Yes, we get paid the least, but... You know, African-American women, you're taken advantage of, too. So if we don't use your voice, you know, it's not basically not. It's not about silence today. It's not about silence. Be confident that you're worth what you are worth. And let's talk about a Latina. A guest we have today who she has found her worth. She has found different ways to grow as a person and she's only 19 years old. Andre, please introduce our guest for today. Today we have joining us editor-in-chief and supreme overlord. You got to stop giving me these weird titles. Uh, (laughs) Editor-in-chief Adrian Aguilar, thank you for joining us. Hi, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you guys. You're worth it. And by the way, no, she's not related to me, but I'm glad she's an Aguilar because, you know. Latina pride. Yeah, Latina pride. And that Aguilar name is strength, for sure. All right, so where are we going to start? We are going to start with where were you born? Oh, Dallas, Texas, born and raised. Well, she's a Dallasite. Oh, yeah. I I need to reach out more, but I I do enjoy it over here. There's a lot of opportunity, especially here in just the city alone. But, of course, I'm all Texas. Tell us about your parents. Tell us about your, your family. Where are you? I mean, I don't know, brothers and sisters? Yeah, I have two twin sisters. Um, They're both six years old right now, and the age difference is uh, insane just because I was 13 and they were just born. So when I graduated high school, they um, graduated kindergarten. So (laughs) that was something that was a little, um, you know, my parents were kind of like, we're starting over again. But at the same time, it it was nice. It was great to see that. And I've kind of learned how to be a parent in sorts. And, you know, it's great 
that I get to teach them things and, I, you know, be there for them when I can. I'm usually not quite home because I like to do a lot of projects at once. But that is nice to have them around and just, you know, mess around. Um, my dad is from Dallas, too. Um, and so is my mom. They're both here in downtown Texas. And they've been married since my mom was 19 and my dad was 20. So they've been together for a while, which is nice. Um, they work well as a team. But my mom was an only child for 10 years, and then she had, uh, then my my grandparents had my uncle, and then my dad was the third, uh, fourth, I don't know, whichever kid <laughs> out of five kids. Mm-hmm. And so he had a busy life, and he, uh, you know, he learned how to take care of a family, so he's very much a family man. Uh, and that's something different, because my mom was always um, very independent. So when, whatever his weaknesses are, that's her strength, and they work it out. So it's nice. What was one of the core things they taught you? I mean, here they are. It sounds like a good marriage. Mm-hmm. It sounds like your parents, one was more independent, one was more family-like. What is one of the key things that you think each one of them embedded in your head? Because you tell me your mother's independent, so that's probably something that you are or not. Oh, yeah. I'm very much like my mom. All the artistic skills and all the creativity is from her. All the math and science that I really like comes from my dad. He's very, um, he works by numbers. And so I did engineering in high school. And that was a whole nother segment that I, I loved. But at the same time, I kind of grew tired, tired of it because I knew what the routine was. You find the problem, you figure out how to solve it, and you come up with the ideas. That was the fun part. But Making the product wasn't as gratifying for me, so I moved over to journalism. So I still use those aspects of, of just problem solving and keeping a level head throughout it. Um, but at the same time, you know, I like to branch out, which is a little bit different from what they do. When you talk creativity, what did your mother teach you? Oh, she all the arts. Um, anything, pencils, color pencils, uh, glue, whatever you want to make, you can make it. So she's usually um, very headstrong, and she will. she's very witty. So she'll make something. If she sees something that she thinks she can make at home, she'll do it. Oh, my gosh. My mother was the same way. Uh (laughs) My mother was like, she would watch a show on TV. Mm -hmm. And let's say a woman had a beautiful, like, sparkly dress. And she's like, come on, Rebecca, let's go to the store. Right. And we go to a fabric store. Seriously. And I'm like, give me two yards of that. And she would literally make a dress that was very similar to the one we saw on TV that was probably a few thousand dollars. And it was like, no pattern. She could just whip it up. And I was like. I know. That's my creative side. I'm creative, too, because of my mother. Yeah. I mean, my mom was just a strong head person. I love her. She's great. And she does. She works a lot with wood, which is another skill that I, I would just love to have because my grandfather is a carpenter. And so she's picked up some of that, and she's got an interest in it. So she sees, like, a, a 10-foot sign she wants to make. She'll make it. She'll paint it. She'll get the wrought iron, and she'll put it together. Really? Mm-hmm. Wow. That's interesting. I love that. I love that. It's like a MacGyver kind of <laughs> Tina yeah. She's very impressive. I don't give her enough credit. I, I give her headaches. That's what I do. do you, so. <laughs> so what about your dad? Would you say you're more like your dad or you're more like your mom? I, I think I'm definitely more like my mom. My my dad um, is his own person. He's very social and I can be social, but I'm more like an antisocial extrovert, if that makes sense. You know, just antisocial extrovert. Mm. Yeah. So I can I can work with people and I'll 
you know, I try to bring other people up and let them know that the work they do is worth something because I noticed a lot of people will do things and projects and then they'll be done with it and say, that's as far as I could get because I put my all into it. But if you keep constantly going at it, then it just develops. And so I like to encourage people wherever I can. But yeah, my dad's very social. He can talk to anybody in any setting and that works. Me, I am shy if you let me be, but mm -hmm. if I need to speak out, I'll be like, oh yeah, hi, welcome, <laughs> and speak out of it. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. So you sound like a, a person that, well, first of all, you're very social too. I mean, obviously you're here, you're yakking with us. Um, <laughs> Thank you. Also, so, I laugh a lot, by yeah, the way. That's fine. Yeah. We love people who laugh. So then what, you, you graduated from which high school? Forney High School. Okay, Forney, oh, okay, Forney High School. And then did you just decide to come to Richland College or, or yeah. of all the schools and why this school? Yeah, I wanted to get out. I, I lived in a small town and I knew pretty much everyone. You could walk down to whatever local store and that person would know you. And that was great and all, but I just didn't gel with the ideas that are there. Um, I, it wasn't, I could get along with those people, but I wanted something that would just like make me think and make me step outside of that comfort zone. So I went, I was supposed to go to Eastfield and that was nice. Now, if you'll let me say this, I didn't go to Eastfield because there were cinder block walls and I was like, I can't do that. <laughs> I mean, what do you mean? Like, um, just whitewashed walls. Like there is no color. Like I wanted to paint the walls. Like <laughs> I wanted something. I mean, are, are we talking physically the walls? Are we talking about what, you know? Oh yeah. Yeah. Like physically. That was just the architecture. And I, I liked architecture from a young age. And I was just like, we could do a lot. <laughs> I wanted to make things. And so I was like, this kind of isn't the environment. And I was just like, I know how I learn. And being in a room all day doesn't work for me. So I was like, I need trees. And so we went around to the different uh, DCCD campuses and we found Richland. And it was outdoorsy, which I'm the outdoorsy type even though, you know, what I do doesn't necessarily say that. Um, but I do like the sun. I like to be out and I like to interact at least partially with, you know, people. Yeah. And so I wanted something like that. And Richland was definitely that campus that was like that and embodied that. I find that very interesting mm -hmm. that you didn't go to a university just because of the look of it. Oh, yeah. The, the, <laughs> the, the vibe you got from it. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever... Well, cinder block walls are just depressing. Like prison. <laughs> right? <laughs> no, no hate on Eastfield. No. But, but yeah. The reality, it's something to think about. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, that, you know, you have to feel comfortable with your surroundings. And in that case, it had that prison feel. <laughs> no. No, We're no, not. you're good. Because over in the newsroom, I mean, we work in the basement. And so there's no windows. And for me, that's different. It's not a problem um, it's not a challenge it's just the setting and so the way I work around that is I like to decorate a little bit and just get people excited I like to smile and that helps like make the setting more inviting I think but usually I'll post like memes on the wall and I'll tape them there because <laughs> it's it's something funny it's something comedic and then we're in a room where we can hear Fox News and CNN constantly and you see these people just be drained and I don't like to see that so I like to you know, mess around. So we have a lot of goose memes because Richland's thing is our geese. So <laughs> that's what I have around. We're speaking with Adrian Aguilar, editor-in-chief uh, with us today joining. Uh, so you've been at Richland for... Editor-in-chief of the yeah. Chronicle. Uh, editor-in-chief of the Richland Chronicle. Thank you. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> I've been here for about a year since fall 2018. And I've been editor since, I think, spring 
no, no, no. Fall fall 2018. When do you expect it to graduate? Uh, graduating, actually, after next semester, so in May. I'm hoping I can walk then. I've got one more class after that. I missed a prerequisite, and I forgot about that prerequisite. But now I'll, I'll take that in the summer and get it over with, and I think I'll So how did you go from architecture in high school to journalism? Oh, yeah. Oh, goodness, Rebecca, I bounce around a lot in interest. So um, I liked architecture in, like, middle school, and then so the next step up was, like, engineering. So I did that, and when where engineering kind of failed and catching my interest, I did fine arts, and so I would draw these uh, portraits, and it's a lot of realism. And right now I like surrealism, which just kind of bends and expands what I already know, mm-hmm. which is interesting. But um, I studied languages just in my spare time. Um, I was really interested in languages just because it expanded the world a little bit. I was always in the hometown, and just seeing something that was different was good for me. It, it kept me sane. So. And so you learned what languages, because I, I think our our listeners are going to be really surprised, you know, when, when, when you told me the languages you've learned. You've learned what? Oh, goodness. I, I can read in them. I can't necessarily speak them, but I, I know a lot of Braille. Uh, Morris, I learned Russian. I learned some French. I learned, oh, right now my notes are in Afrikaans right now. Um, Afrikaans. Yeah. Okay. I, it's Dutch and English and a mix-up of something else, but that one's really interesting. I love that one. So it's just basics of the language? Yeah, kind of. Uh, learning how they use articles um, like the and a and, and then fixing uh, the vocabulary so that you start to write it out. Like, I tried ASL. I'm really good at ASL a little bit. Uh, just enough to like carry a conversation, not necessarily be out in the world and say everything I want to say. But the way they word or what is it, uh, format their sentences is that they will do, they'll take out the articles and it'll be as short and concise as you want to do it. So if you want to say, um, I went to the store and I'm done now, um, you can say store finished and that's it. So, so it's shortcuts. Yeah, yeah, it's very and much. So, uh, but by learning all this new stuff, I mean, Okay, so what's your here's the thing. Yes. Now you're in journalism, okay, you're you're the editor in chief. Um, and then you're learning all these languages and then you have another plan. What's that plan now? Yeah, so I've done journalism and I feel like I haven't mastered that beast in its own right, but I do know it well enough to where it's very familiar and if you needed me to write up something quick then I can do that for you. And that that is my skill set. But I want something now to where it's not working under pressure just to work under pressure. I want to do something with those skills and just try to I don't know, make the world just a little bit easier to live in because I think there's too much negativity and that sounds kind of corny but at the same time you know I don't think there's enough people who are out there and just want to make things that make people happy like what I mean you know the news when you talk about the news as you know the the impeachment hearings are going on right now there's protests in Hong Kong there is um you name it there's natural disasters right I mean not that we want a negative not that we want to be sad but it's reality right, right? and it's good to inform the public that right. is the number so one thing so when you say you want to make people feel better or not yeah tell. yeah so um journalism is definitely hitting the hard facts and I I love it for that I um admire people who can do that um so so passionately but at the same time I think we can use um 
those scales for things, whether it be media or maybe you make a movie that's satirical, you have a voice and I think you should definitely use it. Don't use it in journalism because we're showing people what the truth is Mm -hmm. and the truth will will always set you free, I believe. But at the same time, for those who you can't live in the news, you can't constantly be surrounded by the constant fires and gun violence and constant uh, everything. Uh, you're you're gonna swamp yourself. So for the sake of the world's mental health, if you will let me say that, is I, we need to lighten up just a little bit and remember that while there are things that are dark in the world, we we have the capability to make things right. Not everything is going to to die. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Of course. Yeah. So, so I want to jump into this. So you're graduating. What's next for you after that? After this, um, it's a, it's gonna be a very big 360 but it's going to be the air force so that'll be interesting i got an 80 on my asvab and so i'm hoping that i get into the intelligence sector um and just explain to, to yeah. joe Schmo out there what does that mean what is <laughs> i'm not in the military so i don't know what that means yeah so intelligence is mainly um no no not that the other the as- oh asvab oh asvab is a kind of like a placement test and it's just to see what your general knowledge is within the air force yeah so it can be for math reading and then um grammar things like that but it'll also have things like mechanics um how do you know how certain things work um say for if you're doing aeronautics you might need to know what you know a calibrator is yeah yeah so you do what's the average on this test that people get um the passing grade out of high school is a 30 and then the top score i believe you can get is it a 99 99 yeah what'd I got an 80, wow. so I'm doing fairly okay. No, <laughs> you're doing great. And so what happens? What does an 80 open up? What kind of doors does it open up in the Air Force from someone who's just a newbie? Yeah, so some of the job titles, um, I've looked at them. I think the max score I've seen is a 60 that some of them, that the ones I have wanted, have needed. So an 80 kind of opens as many doors as I as I could want. The thing is, is it's still the military, so... Whatever they choose for me, um, I will do that and accept whatever work is given to me. That is its own challenge, and I'll take that on. But um, that just kind of widens my horizon a little bit so that that way I'm not doing something like just solid paperwork. I can do something that needs um, needs travel or needs something that takes little bit, uh, a little bit more focus. So, Is there any reason that you can tell us why you chose the Air Force versus the other branches? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, there's, there's a little bit of lingo that you can learn, I guess, but some of it is just, um, Air Force is mainly for women in particular. Um, that's a women dominated branch. Um, I don't know necessarily for, uh, Latina people specifically, but that is something that works out. Like for something like the Marines, it's a little bit more, um, hardcore, I say in parentheses, and that's more male dominated and that's more, um, boots on the ground. Uh, for the Navy, um, always on a ship, and you can't really move in that regard. It's always ocean water. That's male-dominated. Army has a lot more women, but that's also boots on the ground. And so you don't necessarily want to be in warfare unless it's what you want to do. But what I think my skill sets have, in particular, tailor more to Air Force, which all the other branches will call the Chair Force, because uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of kind of officey, a little bit, you know, more more on the paper side. So do you have a boot camp just like all the other, you know, I mean, oh, yeah. where you're going to go in March and, you know, do 
a hundred sit-ups and all that stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. So we do have boot camp. It's eight and a half weeks. I haven't gone yet. I'm hoping to. I have to see how uh, recruiting goes and just hope hope for the best. But we do do eight and a half weeks. And um, they, other branches will kind of point fingers and laugh because it's a lot less work than theirs. We run a uh, one and a half mile and they run probably two or three so we have less work on terms of the physical side but we do have our boot camp and they do teach us um, to be disciplined and responsible and learn how to work as a team versus being an individual just trying to get through do they make you a, a killing machine? Do they teach you combat and stuff, <laughs> even in office work? You do learn how to handle um, certain weapons and rifles. Um, that's always a part of boot camp just because. Um, did They do have the gas chamber, which is on week six. And what they'll do is they'll get you in a group. And I haven't experienced this, but this is just from reading up about it, is that they will give you a gas mask and then... Uh, all at once you'll take off your mask and they'll have you shout a sentence and so you'll be breathing in some of the gas in there and you kind of choke and cry and just let it let it happen and as soon as you're done with it uh, your your flight instructor is going to lead you out and you know wash your mask and wash your face and hope everything goes well you're going to feel sick for a little bit but that's the gas chamber are you ready for this yeah i'm ready for that so you decide i'm going to join the air force and obviously you're very tight with your parents Mm mm-hmm um, what did they say? Um, at first you're moving away. Yeah. My first choice was the Navy actually, because I, um, I love nuclear science <laughs> Okay, and, um, I think that's interesting and that always has engaged me for a while. And so they had a nuclear engineer in the Navy and I was like, that's perfect. That works out. The only thing is that there's two jobs for a nuclear engineer and it's always on a boat and the other option is on a submarine and you don't want to be one woman in a submarine that doesn't work out and so I was talking about it with them and it was a definitive no (laughs) because that's just how how the the cards will play out but um I think after going through this degree in journalism um I've definitely taken up a leadership role which I wish I could show them what I do but at the same time we're um both close and distant enough to say like you you do something I just don't know what it is in particular Uh, but now it's the Air Force because I want to accept that challenge and I'll take on whatever uh, needs to be done Um, I want I want some responsibility and I want some discipline because there's some areas I'm lacking in and I would like to cover those and also I'd like time Uh, it is work in the Air Force but at the same time um, they're there's a day off, one day off, and I would like to use that to hone down on another skill, something that I'm not used to. And I mentioned earlier before we were on air that it was like 3D modeling. I love um, visual effects in movies. I really love those so much. So I was going to try and learn whatever I could at the time there. Um, I want to write a book. I want to do a lot of things. Well, you're only 19 years old. So, I know. <laughs> you know, I think what you have to do is pace yourself. And I think that you could probably, I mean, accomplish all of it. I mm-hmm. mean, why not? You know, you're, you dipped your toe into journalism. You want to do 3D modeling. Now you're going to go to the, uh, the Air Force. And I mean, you mm-hmm. may want to do a lot of things, but in the Air Force, there's, there's going to be doors open to you just because you're brilliant, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, you're Thank very you. fortunate to, I, I just find it that you're, you know, you say you're not sociable, but you're extrovert or I don't know. What did you label yourself? <laughs> Anti-social extrovert. It's a line from Anti-social Kendrick Anti-social extrovert. <laughs> mm-hmm. That doesn't make sense, but okay. <laughs> I follow you. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, I think you can, 
I just am. I just find it amazing that you you're very smart. Obviously, Thank I mean, you. come on, you know, architecture. Then you're learning more. Who the heck learns Morris code? I'm a nerd, Rebecca. That's what I do. That's I mean, <laughs> I mean, you would have fit perfectly in the Navy with the Morris code because oh, they yeah. probably still use it, don't they? They they can. Um, it's not used as widely as I guess people would hope it would be. But at the same time, there are some uses for it. It's mainly just for radio um, people who want to talk over the radio. Um, I don't know necessarily if it's still used in the military. I would assume they find more efficient ways because it is kind of long, long and drawn out unless a computer does that for them. But at the same time, it's interesting. But my, my interesting, my, the interesting about you to me is like, so you know all these languages, you've learned in the 3D modeling, nuclear science. Not only where do you get the time, but what drives mm-hmm. you to want to be this person? What's your drive? I think I just want to, I guess, not entertain myself, but just constantly learn something. I don't think I want to stop. And that's not to say, like, learning is is the thing. And yay for school, because I notice I don't work well in school. I work well on my own. Um, What do you mean you don't work well in school? I mean, obviously you're here. Yeah, I'm here because I like to accept the challenge. I've got um, the paper I'm editing and writing for, but I also have four classes. So I'm also doing that. So it's just um, the way I learn isn't necessarily schoolwork. I do schoolwork so I can get my degree and move forward just in general in life. I like to talk with the teachers. I like to talk with the students, but also um, that's a milestone. If I could choose how I utilize college, it would be to learn that special interest um, at my own pace and then move on from that. Degrees are how people get by in in life, in society. We live in a society. So, <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry, back that up. You yeah. said degrees are how people get by in life. What does that mean? Well, um, I, mean, do, I mean, yeah, which is kind of a controversial thing. We could debate well, that. You know, I well, mean, you know, you do have a point because let me tell you something. Mm-hmm. Here I have... Um, And and Andre's heard me say this over and over, more than 30 years in journalism, Mm -hmm. 50 awards in journalism. I've changed laws. I've put people in prison. You name it, I've done it. Mm -hmm. I've interviewed everybody from presidents to celebrities. And I could not teach in a community college unless I had a master's. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I thought, that's just crazy. I think about that, too. It's like... People are very well qualified. You can have someone who's an expert. You can have someone who has a degree and knows little to nothing about their area of expertise. It just depends on how they learned it. But if you have the title, that's how people advance. Um, We aspire now for titles. And I don't think we aspire for our own happiness or or overall um, life improvement, which is kind of cheesy in itself. But I think, you know, we should aspire to motivate ourselves, not so self-centered and selfish, but just to, if you are happy, hopefully it makes you happy to help other people, that you motivate other people. It doesn't have to be like you stand up in front of a crowd and give this great speech where people are going to cry. It's just be a good person and be there for people when you can. Um, I don't think a degree can necessarily give that to you. Very well said. Thank you. Thank you. Once again, we have Adrian Aguilar joining us, editor-in-chief of the Richland Chronicle. Uh, 
future in Air Force. Hopefully, I don't Hopefully. know. <laughs> well, you'll get in. What's Jeez. what's what's waiting? What are you what are you waiting on? You said something about waivers. Yeah, so I went in very early to a recruiter's office, and I was like, hey, I want to get deployed in, like, June. I want to graduate, and I want to come to the Air Force so I can, you know, try something new. And they said, okay, well, first of all, you're several months early, so the earliest you can come in is probably late January, early February, and then we'll talk. And I said, cool, I'll do that. So I got a bunch of paperwork for me to fill out, and I'm working on that just very slowly whenever I can. And then um, I have uh, something called eczema, which is just like uh, severe dry skin. It's a, I, I, you know, I, I learned about yeah. it because Kim Kardashian has it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you see, Kardashians are good for... For, for something. Yeah. <laughs> but uh-huh. I have that. And so my only worry is that if I go in June, it's going to be summer. And I'm not good in the summer. So I need to figure out if I need to bring a medic just in case to I'm to, sure they'll give it to you I mean they're yeah gonna give you a physical they're gonna know it all yeah yeah I gotta go through maps which is the medical exam but um I'm hoping that I can do that and they'll just say yeah it's just eczema and that's it and hopefully get through but depending on the um what is it is it the medical attorney attorney something uh attorney general sergeant general uh-huh. one of them <laughs> um it has to get approved through them and depending on that sole person um whatever mood they're in whatever amount of people they have coming in it just depends on what is approved at the time i don't think it'll be an issue mm-hmm. it does is it something that uh and again i don't know very much about this uh, skin condition mm-hmm. uh is it something that flares up in the summer more than any other time is it you know yeah, people say the winter. Um, for me, it's summer just because heat, and it's Texas heat. Is it painful? Does dry heat? It can be. A couple years ago, it was really bad for me, where it just I I couldn't like move certain things. But then I finally got like the right medication, and that worked out. So it's been good. I I'm normal. Is it hereditary? <laughs> it is hereditary. So does one of your parents have it? Um, it comes from if one of the parents had asthma, and my mom had childhood asthma. Really? Yeah. And so years later uh, had me and that was that's just some of the things that happens. Is it something that you will live with for the rest of your life? I can grow out of it, but I'm 19 and I think the window for growing out of it is over. So I think either I can keep doing the medication until it's gone and it'll probably disappear for a couple of years and then probably come back and then I'll just fix it up again. That's probably what's going to happen. Um, other than that, I haven't really, it hasn't bothered me. It hasn't become an issue for the past couple of years. So I think I'm fine. Interesting. So we're talking to 19-year-old Adrian Aguilar, editor-in-chief of the Chronicle newspaper here at Richland College in Dallas, Texas, just in case you're listening to us somewhere else in the country. Hope you're having a great day. This is a woman who has a passion for journalism, architecture, 3D modeling, languages, including Braille, including Morse code. Because it's fun. (laughs) And she's a perfect example of someone that, you know, keep your curiosity. She's Mm -hmm. curious. And when you're curious, you can learn anything. And I think that that's the beauty of her, that that we're learning from her. So the Air Force, once you get in there, which I have a feeling you'll definitely get in there. I'll be shocked if you don't. and you said you were interested in the intelligence area of the Air Force. Right. Uh, tell me, wh- what what do they do? Are they the ones that look for terrorists or, or 
What, what yeah. does the Air Force do? It just kind of depends. So they have two branches. They have, um, what is it, enlisted, and then people um, refer to the reserve, but they also have special operations. Um, I don't necessarily want to go into special operations if I need to, of course, and that's a whole nother challenge. That's more on the physical side. Um, that is something that will definitely push you to your limit. But for intelligence, um, it's making sure that for people who are moving in certain countries like Iran, Afghanistan, wherever they may be, watching out for them and making sure that they are taken care of, that any information that comes through gets to them so that they know what battlefield they're playing on to make sure that they're safe and not get anyone in harm's way because you always want to bring people home. Um, the The main thing about military is that people will say, I don't want to work for an oil company. <laughs> you know, that's a whole... Uh, I don't think you go to the military to work for a company. I think you do it for other people. I think if you want to advance either your own personal life or take care of a daughter, a sibling, a parent, whatever that may be, that's what you do it for. And you do it to, to take care of your team because with military, you, you grow as a, a new kind of family, like a found family. So you definitely work together. Intelligence would be making sure that everything is done correctly, um, executed in the right way, and making sure that, you know, everyone comes home safe because that's what you want. You know what? I, I'm sitting here thinking because I have been to the FBI several times as a journalist. Mm-hmm. I, I, I think, and, and because you love languages and because you have, you're, you're very smart, you. you know, I would definitely look in something like the FBI because I think they would be definitely interested in someone like you. I oh, don't know. Thank you. I wish I was fluent in those languages. I just like to well, look at their, their writing systems. Area. They have their own area. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, they, you know, you're so interested in so many things. You'd be surprised. Maybe you should make an appointment with the FBI and say, hey, look, I'm going to go to the Air Force. But, you know, I want to mm-hmm. know. I want to know more because they're always recruiting and they always want Latinos and Latinas. That and you, you'll get pay, equal pay. Oh, that would be great. Because the government pays by <laughs> certain levels. Yeah. You know, not, you know, yeah. There, there's certain governmental levels, so you, you'll get your equal pay. That would be good, and I agree with you on the equal pay um, situation. That's, I you can see that if you go and ask someone that how much work they put in um, doesn't necessarily match their, their paycheck. Um, they accept the limitations, which uh, Latina people and general are very hard working and they're passionate and I think they are underappreciated. Totally. I would I would hope to see them rise up in whatever manner that they choose to, but they are definitely more than the work that they put out. Exactly. Exactly. So what do you have okay. So you sound like such a worker bee, always busy, always oh, you yeah. know, always thinking yes. Are you you know <laughs> what do you do for fun? Just to relax. Um I I really like fantasy novels i really like movies anything that's different i like to watch bad movies and i'm sorry <laughs> what does that mean bad movies um the new sonic movies coming out gotta watch that that looks great um bad movies would be anything that's you wouldn't want to watch that and you watch them only to laugh at them and just kind of poke fun at them um, the happening m night Shyamalan. anything m night oh, Shyamalan. yes yes and watch those and just kind of have fun with What's it. What's that other movie he did where, you know, the aliens, they... Signs. They, oh, my God. I, I love I could signs. watch that over and over and over. <laughs> that, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was his, Wait. wasn't it? I See Dead I People? I See Dead People. Yeah, Sixth Sense. I love that one. Anything Spielberg. Uh, anything that's like 
childlike fantasy that just comes to life. I love that so much. Um, I have talked everyone's ear off in the newsroom about The Dark Crystal. I am in love with that show. The Dark Crystal, what channel is that on? Is that on TV? It's on Netflix. So they just came out with a series called uh, The Dark Crystal, Age of Resistance. What's it about? um, Do you know Jim Henson's Dark Crystal? Uh, No. Nope. Okay. 1982. Oh, yeah. Yeah, give me me a synopsis. (laughs) What, What is it? So... Let's see. There is a a species on the fantasy world of Thra called the Gelfling. And so they decide that they are going to start a revolution against the extraterrestrial species, the Skeksis, who have come and corrupted the crystal of truth. Mm-hmm. And so it is the story of them rising up against a power that was never supposed to be there in the first place. And it becomes this whole story about how these people are changed by war and at the same time you have these uh fantastic elements of just lighting and magic and all these sort of new ideas like fizz gigs i don't even know what those are i love them though (laughs) i I mean i you know Mm -hmm. definitely signs is one of those movies that i could watch over and over Mm -hmm. i mean it really had a good story behind it and it was scary signs is good everyone laughs at the water part um, yeah, but, but I love it. But that's brilliant. I mean, those mm-hmm. little kids knew. You know, if, uh, I don't know if uh, our listeners have seen the movie Signs, and that is by who? who who's that director? M. Night, M. Night Shyamalan? Shyamalan. Yeah, yeah. And he's always in it too. He's one of those. That oh, puts he's himself, always a cameo. Yeah, it's always great. a cameo. But um, you know, I, I love I love movies that have a good story, and that was a good story. That something as simple as mm-hmm. water could destroy these aliens. Right. And so the whole thing about, well, the world's 75% water, where they come here, <laughs> is another thing. But um, I do love just the fun aspect of it. I don't think movies need quite a sense of realism. I think they can create their own world, and we can enjoy that for the time being. We can laugh about it any time, but at the same moment, you know, movies are, are escapism, and I don't think it's good to be in escapism all the time, but at the, in the same moment, I would hope that, you know, you enjoy just a little bit laughing or crying or being scared for those two hours that you have in the theater. What movie makes you laugh the most? Oh, goodness. I don't know. If you named one, I would probably <laughs> say yes, but I don't know. I just like movies. Yeah, so Just movies I. in general. You said you like visuals and the 3D modeling? Oh, yeah. Is there a movie that comes to mind as far as the best visuals you've seen? There's there's some out there. Like, my favorite movie is The Iron Giant, which is about uh, being in the 1950s. A kid finds a robot who has crash-landed on Earth, and he ends up being a war machine. I love that movie so much, and it makes people cry. But uh, that was uh, integrating CG, um, the robot itself, in with 2D animation. And I think that was impressive, especially for the time. I never realized that that mm-hmm. that was a, a, a visual that they were trying to do. Oh, I, yeah. I like that movie. Yeah. I, I know what movie you're talking about. And Beauty and the Beast, that one has a mix of CGI and 2D. I love Beauty and the Beast so much. That's my favorite. I know one of the things we do on Let's Talk It Out is we jump from topic to topic, and you're just one of those individuals who's very interesting with so many, like, arms to this and that and whatever. Mm-hmm. Why did you do, – do, are you going to go to a four-year college or are you going to finish um, a bachelor's after you get out of the Air Force and let them pay for the rest? Or mm-hmm. Give me your thought process on that. Yeah, so one thing is I'm going to graduate here with hopefully a degree in journalism. It'll be in, uh, in Associates of Arts. Um, but 
I'm hoping that through the Air Force I can get a bachelor's in just something. Right now it's mass communications. If it ends up changing to something else, that's fine with me. I just hope that it's something that I can use. It'll be a bachelor, so it will be useful. I just hope I learn something from it. Um, but I'm hoping that I can get maybe another degree in something else because I know my interests are going to change and see how, where that gets me. Um, if I want to do a master's in something, I always like the idea of astronomy. I love anything physics. Is there anything you don't like? <laughs> um, Astronomy now. Okay. Yeah, I know. <laughs> There's a lot. I just like a lot of things. Um, something I don't like. Um, yeah, hmm. tell me something you don't want to learn. I know there's something. Do you know how to cook? I like to bake. I'm very bad at cooking. Okay. Well, there's <laughs> something to learn. You yep. will need it so you can feed yourself. Oh, yeah. I will learn it in the Air Force if I'm given a dorm. We'll set the kitchen on fire. It'll be fun. It'll be very fun. <laughs> Do you hope to travel around the country, the world, through the Air Force? I would hope so. If it doesn't happen, at the very least, I will have lived in a different state, and that is fine with me. Um, I, I will have the opportunity opportunity to do so, and I think that that's enough for me. I would love to travel the world. I like all the languages. I would like to spend a week just figuring out where I am and figuring out how to get by. That would be fantastic, but um, I don't think we can necessarily live off of travel. I could if you let me, but... Yeah. <laughs> um, you can do this through the Air Force. So you don't have to work for it. So devil's advocate, because <laughs> you told us on air that um, you're actually waiting, it's pending mm-hmm. versus a medical evaluation. Mm-hmm. Devil's advocate, what if it's denied? So if it is denied, Where do you go from there? Yeah, then I can transfer to a four-year and just get my bachelor's right out of the gate and go for that. If not, right now, uh, I make a bunch of graphic t-shirts that I find funny. Probably no one else finds funny, but <laughs> I do that and I'll get probably like 10 bucks for that because I think clothing should be cheaper than it needs to be. I, I think 40 bucks for a sweater is insane. So I'd rather sell it for something cheaper and have a laugh at it. So I'll make t-shirts and that's what I do for side money. Um, besides you mean make them, them like sell them together? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, they're easy to make. Yeah, they're real easy to make. Does your mother sell? Yeah, she'll she'll do signs, she'll do t-shirts, um, she'll do chalkboards, whatever she's interested at the time, that's what she'll do. So it just depends, but probably get my um, bachelor's um, probably just sell things online. If I have time for things like 3D graphics, I'll try to make time, but I doubt it because I like to overwhelm myself just a little bit in school. Um, that just makes me make myself want to finish it because usually I will get bored with the idea of a class because it's constant. So I try to shake it up every now and then and put some interest into it. Um, also, I'd probably get an internship somewhere, um, something that would challenge me more than the newspaper does. Newspaper definitely has its own challenges. That's a whole other discussion in itself. Mm-hmm. Um, I love it, but at the same time, I've grown accustomed to it. I know how each week is going to happen, so I need to figure out something that um, challenges my own skill set while making sure I grow as an overall person, hopefully I become a better person. Mm-hmm. That's what I aspire what do you, to. What do you think are your biggest since we're talking challenges, what are your own personal challenges that you think you need to overcome in order to succeed? Because you have so many ideas and so many passions and so many goals. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So for me, um, 
uh, with all those ideas and just constant uh, wanting to learn something, I lack a lot of focus. And that that is my thing, is that I can sit down for something, and I'll sit down for hours on the same page, and I'll just be like, I need to do something with this. But I'll want to do something else that's semi-productive or does something else. But at the moment, I need to work on this one thing, and I'll have trouble doing that. So I'll try to put something that... I don't necessarily need to listen to, but it'll just entertain me for the moment so I can start thinking again and get into like a fresher mood of writing something down. Mm -hmm. Um, That is the main trouble I have with something. I may put things off. I'm not a procrastinator, but at the same time, I will schedule things in between there to where it just kind of gets pushed back further and further. Oh, my gosh. You're so much (laughs) like me. Oh, my God. That sometimes, I mean, seriously, Andre, I'm not kidding. She's a younger version of me. (laughs) Because the other day, someone called me. He's like, uh, aren't we meeting for lunch today? And I was like, oh, my God. Yeah, uh, yeah where? And she's like, didn't mm-hmm. you say Corner Baker at 1230? I go, what time is it? She's me like, it's 1220. Too. I was like, I'm on my way. And I really wasn't. Because what happens is, like, I, I have so many. I always tell people, and I've told you this, too. Let me know the day before. Give me a reminder. Because I'm like you, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I'm not, I'm not kidding you. You're a younger version of me because <laughs> I will be focused on one thing, mm-hmm. but something, I will see something on social media or on the news and so I'm distracted. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday I was, you know, I'm a freelance reporter. So I was, it was build day. It was time to build people. And then I saw the testimony and I was just like, mm. you know, I didn't pay the, I mean, I didn't put in, I didn't build people yesterday. I was watching the testimony. So I get distracted by the, 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 not the littlest thing. But just smaller but, but things. something that, smaller but interesting. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, smaller but interesting. Like suddenly I'll get a, a notification that some woman is, you know, um, doing some crafty thing. I'm like, I drop everything just to watch her do it live, you yeah. know? <laughs> and, that's, and when I have like, you know, people saying, hey, when are you going to bill us? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, I, I know you'll pay me. But mm-hmm. my biggest problem is prioritizing. Yeah. Forget I mean, focus is one thing, but prioritizing. Prioritizing. I, I write a lot of to-do lists, and it feels good for me to cross things out and then just delete it all together. Like, I've but done I that. But I lose my to-do list. <laughs> 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 because I'm so multitasking. I'm like, where the hell is but that to-do like, list? But I'll make, like, ten to-do lists, and they're all different. And then I'll delete two, and I'll make two more, and then an hour has passed, and I've got to figure out what I need to do. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? It got so bad with me. Two things I did. I would take, you know, those desk calendars and rip off the calendar and put it on my back door headed yeah. toward the garage. <laughs> and then I would always put my to-do list there, too. Because um. if it's pinned onto the door headed to the garage to go to your car, you're going to remember it and you can take a picture of it. Mm-hmm. That's how bad it is for me. I've got so much going on. Well, I have bad habits, too, because I like to constantly just, like, soak everything in and learn as much as I can. I'm, I'm always, when I go to bed at night, I'm like, there's not enough hours in the day. I don't I have know. time for this. Oh, my gosh. But okay, you're only 19. Believe me. <laughs> It's, it's, it, it, it will go on for the rest of your life. I'm sorry to tell you that. That's fair. You, you know, know what? I do that. That sounds right. <laughs> so two things, mm-hmm. if I may. Um, you're wearing one of your T-shirts. You said you make clothing. Yeah. What? Let me see. Oh, yeah. It's a yellow shirt. It let says, me see it. Uh, let me see. I sew. Yeah. So it says yellow journalism is a definition of cowardice. Let me see. Stand on up. A yellow shirt. Yeah. Oh, did you? How did you print that on there? It's uh, vinyl. Vinyl oh, it's final. So can you wash it? Yeah, you can definitely wash it. Iron okay, it what's it say? Do. Yellow journalism is what? On a yellow shirt? Yeah, yellow journalism is a definition of cowardice, and then it has the circle with the X in it for AP edit marks. Is that your quote, or did you borrow it? That is something? my quote. Really? Did you yeah. sign it? 
Did I you? did not sign okay. it. <laughs> the shirt was just the only thing. It's the only shirt I have for and this And you made one. that t-shirt? Yeah, yeah. It took me mm, maybe like 20 minutes. It wasn't too bad. Okay, well, I'm, I'm saying, did you physically make the t-shirt or did you buy the t-shirt and put that oh, thing on there? Oh, buy, buy a t-shirt for like four bucks and then all and the materials then, I have, so. Awesome. Yeah. You know, and so you do you sell them? I do. I'll sell them for like 10 or 15 bucks depending on what the design is. Where's your store? Um, I am setting it up. I was planning okay. to do it at the end of the semester. And where are you setting it up at? Etsy? It's get, probably going to be that. Yeah. Yeah, I've had some requests for this T-shirt. I just haven't Maybe gotten... Maybe you should set... You know, an Etsy, let me just tell you. Sometimes yeah. you get, you know, I'll see a T-shirt. That's another place. You'll see a T-shirt and suddenly you see another T-shirt and I've left you. Right. And moved on somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Maybe you find the, like a Wix.com and set up your own shop That's there. what I think is the smarter move because yeah. I would love for whatever my company may be to grow into its own entity. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I hope. Yeah. So I'm thinking about doing that because I've had people show interest because when I wear it, they say, where'd you get the shirt? Uh, can Journalists I have one? would love that. Yeah. So I, I think I might, I may do that. That would be the smarter move. Yeah. Because if Etsy, I see your t-shirt, then I see another t-shirt and I go visit them. And then I was like, mm-hmm. what? I'm sorry. Well, who was that first person? I forgot <laughs> because I'm so out of focus here. Uh-huh. Which is how Etsy works. It's just constant advertising for different brands and companies and people but yeah uh, i just need to figure out how to market myself that would be my next well first of all you're going to join the air force are you really going to have time um yeah (laughs) i mean you know yeah because you know you're not going to have time i'm not as long as i am not um deployed or special operations um air force is definitely a nine-to-five job and is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, once military, always military 24-7. So. <laughs> I mean, if I need to go on call, of course. But there is more time than I think people realize. And I've just listened to other people's testimonies. And they're like, yeah, I get off on the weekends and I drive down to some other city because they hate being in Montana or Minnesota or Colorado. <laughs> yeah. And so they're just like, I need to get out. And this is what I do. Well, it'll be so- interesting to, to keep up with you. We're, mm-hmm. we're going to wrap up the show. <clears throat> Yeah, thank I you think, for having um, me. Yeah, I mean, Adrian Aguilar, who knows? She may be someone in the future. I'm surprised you're not going to run for politics in the future. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> probably. I, oh, goodness. Public service would be great, but I don't know if I would have the mentality to constantly oh, run. Oh, you have, you have the mentality. You have the brains. Mm, thank so you. So I want to say thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you thank for, you for me. enlightening us. Enlighten you huh? guys want to learn Braille? It's not as hard as okay, you think. Okay, well, but we, unless, well, uh-huh. we should all learn Braille, mm-hmm. but yes, I challenge you to go learn Spanish now. Oh, Spanish is my worst language. Okay, no. I'll try. I mean, if you can learn Braille. I'm Latina and I don't speak Spanish. Do your parents yet. speak Spanish? They do. They just never spoke it around me, and I never learned it. Really? Why didn't they speak it around you? I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. We're just out in the country. There's cows, there's coyotes, and... Uh, I don't think I've ever heard Spanish out there. Really? Mm-hmm. It'll be interesting. I wonder. Maybe they have a reason. I don't know. I'll have to ask them. Yeah. Just ask Keep them. us informed on why. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because, you know, everybody has a reason why, you know? Uh-huh. Um, but this is great. I had a lot of fun. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks. I know you have places to go since you are the editor-in-chief. Mm-hmm. We want to say thank you. And thank what you. else? Any parting words, Andre? Uh, thanks for joining for us, Adrian. Uh I've told you. She, I've been telling her she should go for like political office. She just shrugs, <laughs>, laughs, and shrugs it off. We'll see. Maybe, maybe twenty years from now, I'll just be like, "That's the thing I have to do." You never yeah. know. Yeah. Thanks well, thanks for joining, for joining us. us. Yeah. Thank you. All right, everybody. So you have heard from a nineteen-year-old, Adrian Aguilar, who has a vision for everything. I mean, 
let's just say, you know, if you're not a curious person, if you're not someone who wants to make a difference in this world, if you're just breathing, you may want to listen to this interview again and realize, what the heck am I doing in my life? I mean, here's someone who didn't have to learn Braille, who decided on her own that, you know what, I want to learn it. I want to learn French, Russian, uh, Africa, what? Morse code. Morse code. And Afrikaans. Afrikaans. I don't even know what that is. But anyway, um, but the, the point is this. On Let's Talk It Out, we talk to people that will enlighten your life, that will empower you, that will inspire you. Because I look at it like this. Why are we on this earth just breathing and taking up space if we're not learning or we're not educating or we're not inspiring? Right, Andre? What do you think? That, oh, that, and you got to be open-minded to trying things. And I think one thing I learned from her is that everything interests her. And, and maybe that's one thing we should keep that, keep in mind that you may not think you like everything until you start digging into it. And then you realize, oh, Braille isn't that hard. Yeah. But on the other hand, she taught us is you have to be focused. She admits her weakness. She's not focused. She's got a lot going on that, you know, there's not enough hours in the day. You don't want to burn out. That's what we don't want our wonderful guests to ever burn out because it can happen. So, you know, and she's got, I mean, believe me, I have the same issue. I can't focus. I see something, I jump on it. Uh, you know, like I'd be, I could be headed shopping somewhere and suddenly I detour because I saw a Christmas tree. It's crazy. Focus, focus, focus. Um, and that's why she's learned a little bit of everything, but I'm sure that as she gets older, I mean, come on, she's only 19 years old. As she gets older, she, you become more focused. <laughs> but as I told her, I am a lot older and I have yet to become focused because I almost li- missed a luncheon with my friend the other day. So we leave you with, uh, let's talk it out. We're going to be back here on Monday. Enjoy your day. It's a beautiful day in Dallas, Texas. I don't know what it's like. I heard it's freezing cold. My brother in South Dakota said it's freezing cold. California is always beautiful. I don't know about you people on the East Coast. But join us. And if you don't get to hear us live, you can always pull up our podcast at richlandstudentmedia.com. And then look for the podcast. Have a great day, everybody. I'm Andre Duncan. I'm Rebecca Aguilar. Until next time, adios.